0: Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps.
1: Know quite what to do with that long pause of music in the middle there, waiting for somebody to go, 't you know, give us something big in the middle. But uh, it's a, it's a good message, isn't it? This is my savior. This is my song. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, the Lord tells us, "For I know the plans I have for you, plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope." Today we're going to begin the study of the Hope Diamond of the Bible and. You might say to yourself, well, what are you talking about? What what diamond are you talking about? Well, there's a 26-word parade of hope, beginning with God, ending with life, and urging us to do the same. It's in John 3.16. Recite it with me, would you? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a great gift, isn't it? What a hope. And it's personal for each one of us. And more importantly, this hope is for the world. Just like John the Baptist, we are the voice. We need to start preparing the way and declaring the word and the hope of the Lord. Pray with me, won't you? Father God, thank you so much for the assurance that we have in you. Help us to know that even though sometimes we don't see the future as it might be laid out before our very eyes, Lord, help us to know that we have you and you can guide us if we can just... Let go of what we know to be true here on earth and trust in you, Lord. Help us to worship together now that we might open our hearts and hear the message that you've prepared for us to hear and help us to walk that closer walk with you in all that we say and do and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
2: The noisy room silences as Nicodemus answer enters. Jesus motions for the guest to sit. Nicodemus does and initiates the most famous conversation in the Bible. Rabbi, you know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs for you. The we listen for a kindred sal- salutation from Jesus. None comes. Jesus makes no mention of Nicodemus' VIP status, good intentions, or academic credentials, not because they don't exist, but because, in Jesus' world, they don't matter. He simply issues this proclamation. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Behold, the continental divide of scripture, the international dateline of faith, Nicodemus stands on one side and Jesus on the other. And Christ pulls no punches about their differences. Nicodemus inhabits a land of good efforts, sincere gestures, and hard work. Give God your best, his philosophy says, and God does the rest. Jesus' response, your best won't do. Your words don't work. Your finest efforts don't mean a thing. Unless you are born again, you can't even see what God is up to. Nicodemus hesitates on behalf of us all. Born again? How can a man be born when he is old? You must be kidding. Put life in reverse? Rewind the tape? Start all over? We can't be born again. About this time, a gust of wind blows a few leaves through the still-open door. Jesus picks one off the floor and holds it up. God's power works like the wind, Jesus explains. Newborn hearts are born of heaven. You can't wish, earn, or create one. New birth? Inconceivable. God handles the task start to finish. Born again. He who did it first must do it again. The original creator recreates his creation this is the act that Jesus describes. Born, God exerts the effort. Again, God restores the beauty. We don't try again. We need not the muscle of self, but the miracle of God. This thought stuns Nicodemus. How can this be?
3: sparkle there in your life. Remember when you first came to know the Lord. If that sparkle is not there, you can get it today again. Sing with me that second verse and then we're going to sing the third and the fourth verse right through. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah.
4: I want to say a um, big thank you to my wife for um, filling in last week with um, really no warning, hardly at all. Uh, I pulled my back last Saturday, and it just was impossible for me to make it here. And I appreciate her jumping in and filling in, and for everybody else who, it um, sounds like, put together a wonderful time of worship. So thank you. When was the last time that um, you memorized a verse of Scripture. I imagine that, that a lot of you, even if, um, even if you haven't memorized many Scriptures, have probably memorized John 3.16, maybe at some time in your life. If you haven't, or if you've gotten rusty, I want to challenge you to commit yourself to memorize John 3.16. In the NIV translation, the new uh, international version, it's comprised of only 26 words. But you know, those words are packed with hope and truth, truth that can transform a life, even even your life. If you've already memorized John 3.16, perhaps you'd like to be a little more adventurous and memorize John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, was the section that was covered in the video. A powerful portion of scripture. And I invite you now to open your Bible to John chapter 3, uh, verse 16. We're going to be looking at this verse in depth for the next 11 weeks, if you can imagine that. Does that sound crazy? Sounds kind of crazy to me. But... The reason we can look at this verse for um, weeks to come is because it is about Jesus. And Jesus is much more than we can ever get our, our minds around. He's more than we can ever fully understand, even in a, a lifetime dedicated to studying his life and teachings. He offers more hope, more joy, than, than you and I will be ever able to fully comprehend. So I think it's worth giving 11 weeks to John 3.16 because it's all about Jesus, his words, and the source of our hope. So before you start making plans to attend another church for the next couple months, just bear with me and see if God doesn't have a blessing for you. This series that we are uh, entering in was developed first by... um, Major Stephen Yoder at the Norwich Citadel, and he took this from Max Lucado's book, 316, The Numbers of Hope. And if you'd really like to make the most of this journey, this journey of faith, um, I would encourage you to get a copy of that book. In addition, um, each week in our Wednesday night Bible study, we will be um, studying material drawn from this same book. So, We'll see how this goes, but our Sunday meeting will revolve around a theme. And then on Wednesday night, we're actually going to do a Bible study and discuss it. It'll give you a chance to, to talk back, to discuss what was presented this Sunday. And as Joe said, these study books are available uh, for 7 bucks if you want to um, be able to prepare in advance. In John, the third chapter, we are introduced to a man named Nicodemus. And as we study John 3.16, we share the moment when Nicodemus crossed a line in his life. And after crossing that line, he was never the same again. He was just the first of millions, if not billions, of people who have been transformed by these words of Jesus. I want you to read verse 16 with me, and this time they'll be on there so you don't have to use your memory. And then I'm going to finish the reading through the end of verse 21. But read John 3.16 with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. God, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. Before this um, this nighttime visit, as far as we know, Nicodemus had only heard about this guy, Jesus, this new preacher. He knew his reputation, and, and he wondered about him. Obviously, the Pharisees had discussed his ministry. But then Nicodemus crossed a threshold, literally, and stood face to face with Jesus. And you know, every relationship starts just like this. At a moment in time. A time when the conversation begins. And I think the the cool thing for us this morning is that um, in the text of today's scripture, we get to eavesdrop on that life-changing moment. Now, Nicodemus was um, an important man. He was, a, he was a big shot. We don't know the exact circumstances that brought him face to face with Jesus, but the fact is that Nicodemus came and he came with questions. And as he spoke with Jesus, he had more questions. Nicodemus got some pretty stark answers as well. Answers that have changed millions of lives all over this globe for 2,000 years. I'm glad he was inquisitive. These are powerful words, but here's our risk. John 3.16 may have become too familiar to those who have uh, been in church. We may have stopped asking questions and looking for answers out of this verse. We see it printed on posters. And tracks. We even see it flash in the end zone at, at football games. And for many of us it's practically been a part of our lives from, from birth. We were weaned on it. It may be that we've become so familiar with John 3.16 that we've lost an appreciation for its life changing power. If you have a, a red letter Bible, you know where Jesus' words are, are marked in red. Take a look at John chapter 3. Just based on the amount of red, who would you say is doing the most talking there? Right, it's Jesus, isn't it? You see, even wise men, even theologians like Nicodemus don't have all the answers. They don't, in fact, have the answers that we really need. It is the words of Jesus that we need. It is in his word that that we're reminded of God's love, his his love for the world, his love that caused him to send his own son. In committing ourselves to consider John 3.16 for the next 11 weeks, we're committing ourselves to ask new questions, to search for new answers, to recapture a sense of, of the awe at what, God has done for us in Christ. We are committing ourselves to receiving as God, the Holy Spirit, speaks into our hearts through the scriptures, through the songs, through the readings. As we consider Nicodemus' encounter with Jesus, we don't really initially have a clue what happened to him, what outcome uh, this encounter uh, brought about. What happened to this man who got to sit face-to-face with Jesus and have a a little interview with him? Did he believe or did he not believe? What really came out of this conversation? You know, the same is true for for you. I don't know what's going to happen to you either as you come face-to-face with Jesus in this passage. Are you going to believe Are you going to believe with confidence the hope that Jesus offers to the sin-filled heart, a broken heart, to a broken life? Do you believe? Will you believe? I can't do it for you. Nobody can believe for you. It's a choice that I hope each one of you either has made or will make. I choose to believe. I believe that God's love, as seen in Christ Jesus, is for me. It's not just for the world. It's for me. But there are some of you here who still may be fighting against him, in effect saying, I don't believe. I'm not convinced. In effect saying no to the Savior. What does it take to believe? Look at John chapter 3, verse 2, as Nicodemus speaks. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. You know, it's, it's critical that we understand something of who Jesus is. Nicodemus acknowledged Jesus for who he was, though his understanding at this time was was pretty limited. Still, he knew that Jesus had a, a special relationship with God and that, in fact, Jesus came from God. He was aware of Jesus' miracles and that they attested to this connection to the Father. I also love the fact that Nicodemus asked questions because questions lead to answers. Do you have questions about Jesus? Ask him. Ask him. He doesn't mind. You can be completely honest in talking to Jesus. You can be honest about your doubts. You can be honest about your struggles. Just ask him. Go to him in prayer and and just lay it all before him. Ask him, what what is this all about? I don't understand. And ask him as you study your Bible to to illuminate, to open up the the words that they they would... um, Help to answer those questions. Another example from Nicodemus is that he listened more than he yapped. Sometimes we just can't be quiet. We can't listen, even even when we're praying. We have all of these things that um, that we want God to do, and when we study the Bible, we're, we're busy thinking and we're not taking time to listen. We just have so much that we want to tell God. And so we put him in that posture of, you're just going to have to listen for a while because i got a lot of stuff to dump on you. And that's all right. But there has to be a time when we listen. When was the last time you stopped and really listened to the Savior about what he thinks about your life and about what you're doing With your life. Nicodemus reminds us there is a time to listen. Ask your questions, then wait and listen as Jesus comes to you with the answer. But you know, there's more than questions in the story of Nicodemus, there's also some really good news. As we read John chapter 3, it's not immediately apparent how Nicodemus will respond. But if you keep reading through that gospel, the gospel of John, here's what you'd find when you come to John chapter 7, verse 45 to 50. This is as Jesus is um, coming under pressure. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted? Has any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. And here's the passage, verse 50. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, and it goes on, But did you catch that? At this point, Nicodemus was considered one of Jesus' followers. And there's more. In John chapter 19, verse 38, we learn that he is there at the very end with Jesus. Verse 38 and 39 reads, Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jews. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by who? By Nicodemus. What was it that took Nicodemus from being a person interested in who Jesus was? A skeptic of sorts, a person full of questions, to being one of Jesus' most faithful followers. At the very end of Jesus' earthly life, when all of his followers were in hiding, Nicodemus That man who visited Jesus that that night and had this conversation was radically transformed. He was there to help care for his body. And you know, I think it had something to do with that conversation that night. I think Nicodemus must have replayed that conversation over and over uh, trying to understand what Jesus meant. Challenging his view of things. Until he made a decision. Until he chose to believe. I think he came to believe what Jesus told him was actually the truth. And it was a truth that changed his life. And that's what I'm praying for you during this Time during this series, that these words of Jesus will change your life, that they 'll change my life. these aren 't just for people who, who don 't know the Lord. these words are for us believers as well. How will you be different at the end of this 11 week challenge? A challenge to dig into John chapter three? In fact, a challenge to dig into the entire book of John. Would you simply grow tired of John 3.16? I guess in part, it will all depend on um, what you choose to put into it. So I leave you this morning with three questions. Three yes or no questions. First of all, will you read the entire book of John over the next 11 weeks? Not just John 316, or even just chapter 3, I mean the whole book of John. Read the book of John through. Second, will you commit to memorizing John 316, or better, John 3 1 through 21? And if you want to memorize the whole book, that's cool. I'll have you stand up here and recite it. And will you do this because you want to hide? God's Word in your heart so that it will always be available when you need it? I really hope that you will commit to that. But I can't, I can't make you. I can't force you. I just challenge you. And third, and, and I think this is the most important question of all, between this Sunday and Easter, will you commit to enjoying and developing and deepening a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What difference would that make in your life if you committed to do those three things during Lent? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here's what's certain. At some point, Nicodemus Had to surrender his life. I'm going to ask the band to come forward because they're going to lead us um, with Jill in a song. You know, at some point, each of us had to um, rethink our understanding with God. Nicodemus had to as well. He had been trained as a Pharisee. But at some point, he had to reconsider his view of God. He had to reconsider the direction of his life. Remember, he was already a religious man. It wasn't that he hadn't been churched, it wasn't that he didn't know about God or the things of God. But you know, he came to realize what he needed was Jesus. And I wonder this morning, do you need Jesus? After I pray, Jill's going to share this song with us, Surrender. Uh, She's going to sing it through first so we can kind of get a sense of it, and then she's going to have us join in. But um, I wonder if it expresses what needs to happen in your life. This is an invitation. As this song is being sung, whether you're in the band, whether you're um, sitting in the pews, if God's speaking to you, just respond and surrender. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that um, you speak powerfully through your word. Lord, we know that many people spoke with you during your earthly life. Some walked away refusing to accept you. Some rejected you. Many rejected you, Lord. But Lord, some saw eternity in your words. They saw life. They saw hope. And God, I pray that as Nicodemus understood in clear detail that he needed Jesus in his life, in his heart, he needed to believe in him, I pray today, this morning, that someone out there who's struggling and wavering, perhaps never having received Jesus, perhaps having grown cold in their faith, might need to make this surrender today. So God, I just pray that your will would be done. Bless us as we sing.
3: Will you pray with me? Lord, we have heard and spoken many words this morning. Four stand out. Loved, gave, believe, live. We recognize this morning that you loved us so much that you gave your only son for us. And we profess this morning that we believe and that we can look forward to eternal life with you. As we leave this place, remain with us. Let your love fall afresh on us. And may we use every opportunity this week to share this wonderful news with people outside of this building, and may we be an example of your love. Amen.
0: This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadels Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint, and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810 232 2199. Thanks for listening.